0: ION 2020, episode 341. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. The authority is total. The authority is total. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it in an empire lies the truth is treason the truth is treason we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence whether sought or unsought by the military industrial complex by the military industrial complex what's up y'all ray eaton here your host of ion 2020 appreciate you joining me looking at the week that we have the weekend that we had actually uh, it's monday and if any of you guys have been paying attention to the news at all for the last couple of days you know that joe biden ended up getting the or getting elected to be the next president of the united states he is now the president elect uh, of course the trump administration is sort of saying you know what that's not happening blah 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 we're still going to fight this thing in court but if you look at the numbers if you just look at the raw Data overall, Biden won Georgia, Biden won Pennsylvania, Biden won Arizona. Biden wins Nevada, right? Biden wins Michigan, Biden wins Wisconsin. All the places that Trump is trying to fight it, Biden end up winning. The only place that's really close, to be honest with you, is Georgia where it's by like 10,000 votes or something. It's very small, slim margin in Georgia. But if they do a recount, they're not going to find a lot. I mean, Georgia is a Republican state and as a Republican governor, if you think that there's a bunch of election fraud going on there, it's probably not happening. There's, from my understanding, if I was just looking at it, like, there's a lot of accountability issues that they have in order to make sure that there is a direct chain from every single ballot to the final count and so forth, and they're sealed envelopes, there's sealed boxes that can't be unsealed until they get to the next place. So no one's going to be taking ballots out, putting ballots in and all that stuff. All the things that you hear on the news, or not on the news, sorry, hear on the, I guess the right-wing media outlets, that you hear people saying, oh, well, we couldn't observe it, we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that, we couldn't uh, look at the ballots, we weren't able to go in there. Like, there's a lot of security measures that they have in place, and maybe not in Pennsylvania. I don't know. That's where you're hearing about all the craziness. But Biden did not need Pennsylvania to win. He needed Georgia to win. He needed Nevada to win. He needed Michigan, Wisconsin, and a few others. But he didn't necessarily need Pennsylvania to win, but he's still up pretty significantly in Pennsylvania right now, too. I think it's by like forty or 50,000 votes. And 99% of those votes are counted. So there's not really a chance that you're going to find that many new votes if you do these recounts and stuff. And um yeah, so Biden's the clear winner. And I mean, if you hate it, you hate it. If you don't, that's fine. We're going to have a group of people now thinking about it. I mean, I've been thinking about it all weekend. You're going to have a group of people now who are going to be on the not my president bandwagon that the that the that the anti-Trumpers have been on for the last four years you're going to be sitting there looking at a bunch of people who um are anti-Bideners I guess is what you might call them I'm not sure how what they're going to refer, refer to them as but there are going to be people that are like that so that's just that's just the way it is and who would have thought though back in February right before Super Tuesday no I think Super Tuesday was in March but at that time Biden loses Iowa by like, he came in like fifth, and New Hampshire, he comes in fourth. And his campaign could not get donations. He was running out of money, he was sinking fast. He had some hope in South Carolina, and then literally right before South Carolina, everyone starts dropping out. It was amazing, right? Everyone starts dropping out right before South Carolina. Kamala Harris dropped out even before. The first election or the first polls in New Hampshire and in Iowa, but right before Super Tuesday, everyone drops out, except for who was oh, except for Bernie Sanders. That Bernie Sanders was the only one to not drop out of the race before Super Tuesday. I think there might have been a few that stayed in. I think uh, Elizabeth Warren stayed in as well. But it really ended up being a situation where you had. Joe Biden just all of a sudden comes back to life because of South Carolina. But I, I've said this on the show back in March when this happened. I said, man, there is way more to this story than Joe Biden just all, all of a sudden winning. the uh, winning. Like, uh, these people were told to get out of the race. Pete Buttigieg, Cory Booker, like all these people that started dropping out, they were basically told, listen, the, you guys are not electable. But Joe Biden is, and we need to unite around one candidate, and that candidate is going to be Joe Biden. And all these people, I guarantee it, are promised the world by the Democratic Party is what it was. So who would have thought that, though? I would have never thought it back in March. I mean, I I assumed that Joe Biden would win because he was perceived to be the person who is the most electable against Donald Trump. And I always thought maybe Pete Buttigieg might end up getting a little bit of popular support behind him just because he's a, he's a very intelligent guy, but people, maybe Democrat people that are Democrats, maybe they're not intrigued by just some guy that could really spout out a lot of knowledge about, um, his policies or whatever, or has a really good, um, conversation about all this stuff. I don't know. Um, Cory Booker, very confident, tall gentleman, you know, and uh, he's a black guy. So maybe I was thinking to myself that, you know, with the way that the Democrats are, maybe they would get behind him. But they already have, there's already been a black president, so that wasn't it. But they did go with the old white guy, which is weird. But he was the most electable, and that's what they were looking at. Who is going to be the most electable person to go against Donald Trump? And Joe Biden ends up winning. It really did surprise me, uh, that he became the nominee, but it does not surprise me that he won. I was assuming all along that Joe Biden would probably win this election just because of the way that COVID, the things that happened with COVID, the economy has been in the gutter since about March or April, um... Donald Trump is not, I mean, the, the news media has just beat him up left and right, but I always thought to myself, there is that silent voter, there is that silent group of people out there who will come out and vote for Donald Trump, so I said it's still in the air, air. and it still was in the air, like, all the polls were showing 5%, 6%, 7% in the polls for, Donald, or for Joe Biden, who was going to win by that much of a margin nationwide, he only won by like 1% or 2%, I think it was like... 50 point something percent went for Joe Biden, like 48 percent went for Donald Trump. So it wasn't that huge of a win for Joe Biden overall on the popular vote. Not really that big. And uh more people voted for Joe Biden than in the history of any other presidential election. So this election got way more than the Normal 120 to 5 to 135,000 people that got out there and voted. It got 72, maybe 70, no, 75 million people voted for Joe Biden. 71, maybe 72 million people voted for Donald Trump. So you almost had 150,000 people vote, like 20 or 150 million people vote, like 20 million more than normal. I guess that would be. That's a lot of people that got out there and voted. And uh, it just shows the excitement around the race, it shows the hate for Donald Trump, but it also shows the passion for Donald Trump, because he was able to get out way more people to vote for him than voted for him four years ago, which is interesting, right? Like 10 million more people voted for Donald Trump this year than voted for him in 2016. And for Biden, similar, you know, 10 million people, more people voted for him than voted for Hillary in 2016. Now, Hillary won the popular vote in 2016. So, uh, but yeah, those that's, that's an interesting caveat, right? Because I was thinking about it and... People were literally voting against Donald Trump, so there was a lot of passion against Donald Trump. They were not people that were voting for Joe Biden, per se. That is not the way that I feel about that candidacy, right? They just, these people just generally did not like Donald Trump. They thought to themselves, I'm going to vote, so I'm going to vote for the lesser of two evils. Uh, I'm going to go for Joe Biden. And then on the other hand, Donald Trump, I think that there was a lot of people that voted against Joe Biden, but... Joe, Donald Trump does have a like a flurry of people around him like he had excitement in his campaign that Joe Biden never had. He had people that were doing these, you know, boat parades, like there was a lot going on over the summer for Donald Trump, so you know, those people really did get excited about his campaign and uh but he lost. But he lost. And I'm not going to be the one that's going to sit there and spread any type of propaganda or lies or anything like that or any type of uh, idea that says that Trump has a chance. Because I don't think that he has a chance to make this stuff up or make up the make up the uh, the election. Like if things don't go his way in Pennsylvania, well, I don't think he needed Pennsylvania to win anyway. If things don't go his way in Arizona, you know, well, it goes his way in Pennsylvania. Like there would be a lot of things that would have to happen in order for Trump to win. And most likely that's not going to happen. So the best thing that Donald Trump could do at this point is just concede and bow out. But he is going to take it to the courts. He's already said it. Rudy Giuliani is talking about 600,000 votes that are invalid or whatever. And a lot of the Trump supporters really believe all that. So they're sitting there doing rallies to stop the vote or stop the vote counts and all that stuff. If you really think about it, and this is what I was thinking over the weekend, is that... This is really going to show to the American people, not the 33% that are like diehard Trump supporters, you know, because those people are going to support him no matter what he says. But the people that are not like the 70, 67, 67%, maybe 70% of people or so that are just kind of like either voted for Joe Biden or are just in the middle that, you know, don't care either way. If this thing turns into a big fiasco with Donald Trump challenging this stuff and it becomes just this petty issue, it'll really show that Donald Trump is in it for himself, which generally I, I I agree with that, than the idea that he's in it for the best thing for America, right? Because there will be a lot of division that comes out of this thing. There will be a lot of people that just think that all the elections are rigged and going forward, we just live in a dictatorship where the Democrats get to control everything and all that, you know? And if we lived in that type of situation, Donald Trump would have won in 2016. Like, there are generally free and fair elections in America. I, I, I tend to believe that. I don't see anything. I, I was looking, I don't see anything that really makes me think otherwise. Now, maybe you guys have found stuff, I don't know. But I just don't think that there's a lot of things that are going on that are manipulating the vote or anything like that. Because you would not have had Donald Trump win. You wouldn't have had Donald Trump win the primary for the Republicans if that was the case. If you could really rig it that easily. Because he was not a popular candidate among the the elite, like the Republican the Republican elite class. He was not popular with them. There was a lot of people that left the Republican Party because of that. Or decided that they're going to be never Trumpers or not vote for Donald Trump. So, I don't think that that's, that's going to be the problem. I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. And in 2020, I still don't think it's a problem. I think that most likely... Um. If you do uh, the recounts and all that, you're probably going to have a few hundred go one way or the other. That's what they typically do have. That's what happened in uh, Michigan, or maybe it was Wisconsin, four years ago with Hillary when she demanded a recount. They found like two or three hundred more votes for Donald Trump, but that was about it. Not enough to sway the election. <coughs> and you don't typically have elections swayed because of those things. So anyway, that's the election, you know? It's over with... The best thing that Donald Trump can do is just kind of concede. And the good thing is about it is this. Fox News declared Donald Trump to be the loser, right? They declared him the loser. Now, I heard people saying Fox News is garbage, Fox News is trash. Guys, we already knew that anyway, you know? You guys know how I feel about CNN, Fox News, and all these cable networks. They're there for entertainment, that's about it. But Fox News declares it. All these people turn on Fox News at that point. Oh, you called the election in Arizona too early and all this stuff, right? They're sitting there pissed off at Fox News. You know what this does for Donald Trump? It gives him a way to concede and bow out. It really does. And start his Trump News Channel, which supposedly, that's the only reason why he decided to run for president in 2016 anyway. And it just happened that he ended up taking the nomination. So supposedly he didn't care about winning the presidency in 2016. He just wanted publicity for a while and then he was going to then he was going to bow out and start the, this news channel, but it turned out that he ended up winning. Well now with the entire Republican um not the Republicans but the the Trumpists, I guess you might call them, with all of them hating Fox News now because they turned on Donald Trump or whatever, then he could start his little news channel and boom, he'll be able to get, you know, two, three million subscribers within a couple of days. So it gives him a little way to bow out in a nice way, give him the feeling of a win. And that's what you need because Donald Trump does have a huge ego. And when someone has a huge ego, I know this from sales specifically, when they have a huge ego, you need to make them feel like they are the man and that they are the winner and that they won. You need to give it to them. But you need to give them an easy way to bow out and still feel like they're the winner. So that's what they'll have to do for Donald Trump. Supposedly, right now, Ivanka and a few other people that are close to him are trying to say, you know what, you just need to concede. There's not really a path to victory. Um, He has a lot of pride. Would he listen to those people? Who knows? But we'll see. Uh, But he does need to concede because... I don't know that it'll be that good for the country if for the next 77 days you have a battle going on and then all of a sudden you're turning it over to Joe Biden and, you know, the keys of the... You're basically turning over a battered wreck to Joe Biden, which is, you know, America is already battered anyway, the debt that we have and all that stuff. Do we really need to be worse off than that? I don't know. I mean, this is all election politics and stuff like that. You guys know how I feel in general like the government should do way less than it does anyway, so... um I wish that I, I actually do think that it's good that people can see the hypocrisy of the two sides. I I do think it's great that when when it kind of exposes the deep state apparatus and things like that, when you can find things that do expose those things, because it allows people to say, you know what, maybe this government, as big as this, is, isn't all it's cracked up to be. But so this is the thing that they've been talking about since Saturday. Now, now that. Joe Biden is the nominee. He's talking about, we need to unite this country. We need to do this. Like, I need, I'm need i going to be uniting for us. I'm going to be the president of not just the people that voted for me, but the people that did not vote for me as well and all that. Now, there's a lot of things that I've heard being said throughout the last couple of days where people are saying, we need to, you know, this country... It has a time of healing that needs to be done. We need to heal. We need to come together as a nation and heal and grow and all this stuff. And we need to end this national nightmare that we've had the last four years. Those are words that I've heard Joe Biden say, Kamala Harris say, different people saying that there's, there's this healing that needs to happen. There's been a national nightmare for four years and all that. Those are not uniting words at all. And the reason why I say that is because 71 million people voted for Donald Trump. 71 million people. Those are not people that feel like there's been a national nightmare for the last four years. They're not. Those are people that don't feel like there's a time of healing that we need. Actually, a lot of those people probably feel like the national nightmare is upon us, that it's coming, that the future is a national nightmare because they're fearful of a biden administration they're fearful of the democrats having full control of the house the senate and the and the uh executive branch all at one time they really are they think that the national nightmare is coming and they feel like there's been that maybe they feel like there has been division but they feel like it's been caused Not by the Trump administration, but by the Democrats, by the left-wing media, by the people who are like the Antifa types, by the BLM protesters. They feel like that division comes from there, not from their guy. They feel like their guy is a defender of that. So Joe Biden clearly does not understand the mentality of somebody who does not agree with him. And that is not a uniting factor at all. Now me, personally... I would just say, listen. I won the election. I would like to be a person who can that we can all that that's going to be the, that's going to do the best things for our country. Let me know. Let me have the input and all that. But I'm not going to call out a national nightmare. I'm not going to say that you know we need to put all this stuff behind us. We need healing. Because, like I said, in people's minds that voted for Trump, they don't need healing. The healing has to come from. Joe Biden's people who have been out there in their mind, they're thinking all these rioters and looters for the last six months. They don't like the idea of identity identity politics. They don't like the idea of a lot of the things that are a spouse and love. They think that, I mean, there are people, if you're a pro-life person, you think that abortion is murder. And these people don't understand that. So... They need to seek first to understand, then to be understood is what it comes down to. They need to realize that. But the thing is, is as much as he preaches unity and all this stuff, and I hear everyone saying it now. Like I have people all through my Facebook feed and all through my Twitter feed and all this stuff. And all they're talking about is, oh, yes, it's so great that Joe Biden is the president We need to unite around him and all this stuff. And these are the people that would not unite around the Trump people's guy. They were the ones that were saying, not my president. I'm not going to unite around him. And now they're asking you to unite behind their guy. And that's hypocritical as well. And that gets down to the fact that we have a two-party system. And that is it. That is it that we have in America you have the choice between one guy or the other unite behind your guy and hate the other guy. That's the preach. That's the message that they preach. That's what gets people out to the polls and so forth. And as long as we have a system like that, as long as it's profitable to preach division, division's going to be there. And that's what the two party system system demands. I mean, is Joe Biden going to get up there and be a uniter? No. The first thing he's going to do is institute a institute all the policies of the Obama administration that Donald Trump signed away as an executive order. For example, the individual mandate on Obamacare. And he's going to start strengthening Obamacare even more and doing what these people say or that he wants to do to get Obamacare back to being what it was and even better in his mind. But the people that don't like Obamacare, the people that support Trump, they don't think that's a good idea. So that's not a uniting thing. Oh, just trust me. It'll be better for you. Trust me. I know what you need. That's what that's what Joe Biden's essentially saying. That's what any politician is essentially saying. It's not uniting at all. So you guys know me. I'm neither here nor there on either of the two candidates. I am a libertarian. But when I hear these people talking about preaching unity and getting behind their guy, it's very hypocritical in my mind when I look at that because those are the people that were preaching, not my president, for the last four years. Those are the people that were trying to get Trump out of office for the last four years. They didn't get behind that president. So why should anybody expect that Trump's word to get behind their president at that point? Oh, well, I won. No, you, yeah, you won. But you won by a very slim margin, too. Like, that is not a national mandate to get whatever you want done. You always hear it, right? Uh, Barack Obama, 08, when he told John McCain, Hey, John, I won. The people spoke. I won. You lost. We're going to get, we're going to do what I want to do. Right? They always talk about a mandate. I have a mandate from the people to get what I want done. Barack Obama did it, 2008, 2012, 2016. Donald Trump did it. He says, there's a mandate from the people. I'm going to get what I want done. And now Joe Biden's going to do the same thing. There's a mandate from the people. I'm going to get what I want done. There's not a mandate when you barely win. Donald Trump didn't have a mandate. 50% of the people were against him. Obama didn't have a mandate. 50% of the people were against him. But in this world that we live in, in this world where they say 51% get to tell the other 49% what to do, then yeah, you can take that as a mandate. That's called rule by the majority, right? That's basically called, you know, that's basically telling the other people that don't agree with you, hey, listen, we have the numbers. You have to do what we want you to do. Luckily, we do have some rights that are protected under the law, the right to bear arms, the right to freedom of speech, the right to religion, press, so forth. They try to infringe upon those constantly. Hopefully, we can continue to protect those. And that's what we need to do. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go ahead and leave you that, that at that, okay? I appreciate you joining me for another look at this 2020 election cycle that we've been in. Uh, I appreciate those that continue to listen and share the show with your friends as well. Um, hopefully... We will know even more clear, you know, in a couple of days what's going on. I'll come back on Thursday, though. But in the meantime, if you want to check me out on Facebook, you could do that. Go to I on the Empire. Just have an at I on the Empire. You'll find me there as well as on Twitter. iontheempire.com is the website. If you want to give me a five-star rating or review, you can do that through Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That would be phenomenal. And then the best thing you could do, though, is to come on back on Thursday so you got have clear vision for 2020. I don't know about you, but I am always dealing with these clueless people on the internet and in my daily life. And I was looking to learn how to defend libertarianism. And if you're in that same position, you want to learn how to defend libertarianism, advocate for a free market, and win any political or economic debate, then you need to join Liberty Classroom. That's Tom Wood's Liberty Classroom. And you could do that by going to IONTheEMpire.com slash liberty. If you do that, you'll be able to earn the equivalent of a PhD in libertarian thought and free market economics online for just 24 cents a day. That's amazing. Once again, go to iontheempire.com slash liberty.